Thank you, David. Thank you, Jamal, for getting us all ready here to worship an awesome God. Let's continue to do that. Uh, my name is Will Garcia. I am uh, one of the youth and family ministers here of our church. And uh, it's just fun. It's fun to be with the youth here in this afternoon, okay? And, and I see some parents, so you're, you're part of that group here for today, okay? So, yeah, yeah, you can say what's up, okay? Um, I love seeing how much uh, you guys love God and being all together. Uh, why else would you be here at a little bit of an awkward time on the afternoon, right? Or maybe don't answer that, you know, okay. But uh, hey, I'm just glad you're here. You made a good decision. You made a wise decision by being here today. It could actually save you from making some bad decisions another day of your life. So whatever reason you're here, I'm glad that you are. If you're visiting with us, we're glad uh, that you could come out and be a part of this special time as we gather from various parts of the Metroplex, uh, high school students and college campus students alike. You know, we've been talking uh, about uh, the cross uh, of our Savior. It's a, it's a book entitled, uh, th- that's the title of it. And uh, in your respective regions, you've been getting some big doses uh, of Jesus. Is that, is that true? You've been hearing a lot about that? Okay, great. A big dose of his love, a big dose of his grace, a big dose of his mercy, his forgiveness, his power. And it brings us to today. Here we are. My one chance to address the youth, the future of our church. And so, you know, because you've gained some big doses of Jesus, his love, his grace, his mercy... We're actually going to talk about something different today. We're not going to talk about that here today. Not because it's not important, because you've gotten big doses of that. And so this time that I have with you, the the future, your whole future, whole life ahead of you, I wrestled thinking through, man, okay, what could I share with everyone here? So I started wrestling in prayer, started thinking and looking through the Bible thinking of books I've read, thinking of lessons I've learned, experiences that I've shared, because I want to leave you with one piece of advice, one golden nugget of wisdom, a principle that could possibly change the outcome of your life. Whoa, are you serious? I'm serious, guys. It's that big. One principle for you to leverage, one golden nugget For you to put into practice one scripture. How does that sound? Oh, you guys don't sound fired up about that. One scripture. I know you're spiritual and all, but you're going to get one scripture. But guys, let me tell you, let me tell you, I wish it was as easy to live out as it sounds. And you'll see what I mean here. So let's pretend here. Let's start all together, okay? And let's pretend we're all taking on a little family road trip, okay? So I got the biggest van the uh, world has ever seen, and it fits all of you guys in there. And we're going to head out towards California, okay? So we're headed towards California, yeah, because, you know, it's, it's sunny out there. It's a little chilly here. And so we're just excited about going to California. But as we go, we start to drive east, Towards Massachusetts, if you will, where it seems like the only thing they lose in is the weather. And so we'll end up somewhere in New England, Patriots territory, okay? 
Jeff Smith gets fired up about the Patriots there, okay? And, and so we may intend to arrive in California. We may pray about arriving in California. But if we drive east, we won't arrive in California. We'll be going in actually the wrong direction. And direction, not intention, determines your destination. Okay? So are you still with me on that? Okay, so you clearly understand this, right, when it comes to driving. You're like, this makes total sense. But for some reason, we can't grasp this principle at times when it comes to other areas of our lives. When it comes to our relationships, when it comes to our moral standards, our money, uh, our educational pursuits, there's a huge, epic proportions, huge disconnect. We have this disconnect largely because our culture tells us that as long as our attentions are right, that we'll end up at our desired destination, and that's just simply not true. And we wonder when we finally arrive at a place that is not where we wanted to be or expected, we ask, how did I get here? The assumption is since I know what's next, I automatically am prepared for what's next, what's coming. But that's actually not true. Knowing what's next doesn't necessarily mean you're prepared for what's next. Many of you are going to go through transitions, if not already. We have freshmen who are obviously in the team ministry now. You're no longer the middle school ministry. We got high schoolers who are getting ready, seniors who are getting ready to go to college, college seniors getting ready to graduate and move on, right? We have many transitions along the way, but just because you know that doesn't mean you're prepared for it. There's no correlation. So how do you prepare for what's next? You know, this should be obvious, but it's not. I mean, who here has been to an ugly, dreadful wedding? I mean, the colors were just terrible. It looked like it was thrown last minute altogether. But unfortunately, we've seen some really not-so-pretty marriages all the time. Marriages ending up very ugly. And, and, and maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you can relate to that in your family. You know, my parents divorced when I was five, and you've seen that maybe as well. Today, I want to teach you a powerful principle that can prepare us for the seasons of life. That are coming your way, whether you realize them or not. You can't stop them. They're coming. But are you prepared? You know, during my time as a disciple, as a minister here of our church, I've seen some really, really smart, talented uh, just, you know, brilliant people make some really dumb decisions. Poor, unwise decisions. A, smart, a person could be so smart in business, so smart in school, but when it comes to spiritual things, they're not so smart. They could be so smart, they could be an all-star athlete, a scholar, and yet when it comes to relationships, they're not so great. And if we're honest... You know, this might be just talking to us. We're very smart people, but we've made some really dumb decisions at one point or another. You know, and I see this time and time again, you know, to the point when I look back and I'm like, man, di didn't they see it coming? I mean, didn't they see, weren't the red flags obvious to them? Didn't anybody warn them? And for some reason, no, they didn't see it coming. But for others, they saw it coming. 
But maybe they just didn't want to really see it. How can you be so smart in this area, but not so much in this area? And guys, I'm trying to say is that this is worrisome for us all. This belongs to all of us. It means none of us are immune to this. If we think we're so good in one area, we're like, I got this. I'm smart. I'm going to handle this. Trust me, there's an area that you have a blind spot. Those of you who drive, you understand blind spots, right? We have them. They are there. And so we're not immune. So maybe here today, maybe you've ended up exactly where you did not want to be spiritually. You didn't want to be emotionally, relationally. If that's the case, then how do we keep this from happening again in our lives? Well, one way is by following the wisdom found in the one scripture that I'm going to share with you here today. That comes from the Father, His wisdom. In Proverbs 27, verse 12. So let's read it and let's see how we can apply it here. 27, verse 12. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and suffer for it. So first of all, we see that this verse describes two kinds of people, two responses, two outcomes, but one similar set of circumstances. What they have in common is that on their past, there were things that hinted at danger. There were red flags. There was alarm going off. And here the writer, Solomon wrote, who, by the way, was considered the wisest man that ever lived by many. And yet, as wise as he was, he'd even take his own advice and suffered for it. Now, before we judge Solomon here, uh, sometimes that could be like us, right? We're so quick to dish it out. We're so quick to give it out. But we don't take our, our own advice. You know, we don't swallow our own medicine, right? So let's not be like Solomon in that, right, guys? The prudent means wise. The wise person understands that life is connected, that there's no unconnected dots in life, no isolated events, no isolated relationships. Everything is all connected. The wise person asks this question. In light of my past experiences and my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing to do right now? You know, they have an understanding that the present, it's going to become our past soon. And it will show up in the future. In other words, they understand that, hey, today, it does affect tomorrow. Whether for good or for bad. If I'm aiming to get into this college or work at this profession, what's the wise thing to do right now? Right? If I'm going to be a strong follower of Jesus till, you know, I get to heaven... What's the wise thing to do right now? If one day, you know, I want to have a godly marriage and a godly spouse, if, if God blesses you with that, what kind of person are you becoming right now? And let me just throw that in there, guys. Decide where you are going first before who you're going to go with. Okay, because you're going somewhere in life. And you better think about where you're going before you drag someone else there with you. The simple, the simple means naive, naive. The naive person thinks that life is disconnected. You know, today is about today. Tomorrow is about tomorrow, and they aren't really connected. The naive person lives in the moment without regard for the future. They believe that their intentions 
will lead them to their destination. The prudent person sees danger and takes refuge. When they see danger, they think, "Uh uh-oh, i got to take action. i got to do something. The simple recognizes, sees the danger, but ignores the warning, ignores those red flags. They just keep going. They just keep driving on by. They see danger and go, oh, that's a problem. But you know what? It'll all work out. It'll somehow just figure it out by itself. And why do we do that? Why do we do that as humans? Well, it's a human thing to do. We as people tend to see what we're looking for and listen or hear what we're listening for. Okay? We might not be as unbiased as we think, as we, think we are. I mean, there's a tendency in all of us to look for information that confirms what we already believe. Because when you're enamored with something or someone, when you're convinced already in your mind about something or someone, you've already decided, you're constantly looking for information that confirms what you already decided to do or want to do. It's why you have already made up your mind and are taking steps towards it, but you ask for advice. You think that's the spiritual thing to do. That's the wise thing to do. You're not really asking for advice. You're asking for confirmation. You've already decided in your heart, in your mind, what you're going to do. And we do that all the time. At the same time, there's something in us that filters out information or any facts that don't line up with what it is we want to do what it is or the direction that we're trying to head in. In other words, we don't look on the downside of things. We're always looking at the upside. We're trying to be positive people. And so we go, oh, that situation, there's no cons to that. There's no bad outcome during that route, going that route. Oh, these people, man, you know, I want to be positive and judge, not judge. You know, there's no, nothing bad about these people. There's nothing to be concerned about. We're just looking at the upside because we're so enamored. We're so attached to a person or to a situation. I like this person, for example. And so I'm going to look for advice that confirms I should like them. I mean, we go to those who will tell us what we want to hear. And we hear anything different. If we hear anything that's contrary, we filter it out. And we move on and ask the next person that will tell us what our itching ears want to hear. We see what we're looking for, and we hear what we're listening for, and we do this as human beings. But with God, he makes all the difference. We can prevent this from taking reign in our lives. This is what sets the wise person apart from the pack. Right now, I want you to zone in just for a quick second. And what I'm about to tell you right here is what shows extraordinary maturity in a person. What most people miss, the prudent person is willing to acknowledge what they desperately don't want to see. They are willing to acknowledge uh, and admit the very thing they don't want to hear, and very few people can pull this off. And once they hear what it is they don't want to hear, once they're willing to have their eyes open to what they don't want to see, they do something that most people refuse to do, and that's respond appropriately. The passage says the prudent, they see danger, they take refuge. This is when they see the thing that they didn't want to see, they listen to the thing they didn't want to hear, they understand that life is connected, 
They do the appropriate thing. They take refuge. They respond appropriately. But the naive, the simple, are the men and women who live as life is not connected. The events of life are not connected. The simple believes that the past uh, or the present becomes the past. And, well, well, that's the past. And that was yesterday. And, and, you know, that was that relationship. You know, that was that other teacher or professor. Things will be different now. You know, that's, when I, that's what I did back then. You know, I'm going to this college, so now things will be ha- different. No way what happened in high school is going to show up or follow me to college. I'm moving to a different city. How about I go towards, you know, the south region area? It'll be different because that was that city. Now I'm in this city. The naive don't live as if life is connected. And they say things like, you know, it's just going to work out. Everything will just figure itself out. And when someone tries to help them see what they need to see, get them to hear what they need to hear, Sometimes their responses, and maybe they've been your responses, sound a little like this. Well, nothing's going to happen to me. Uh, I'll be careful. Don't don't worry about me. I I know when to stop. You know, I'm not like those other people. I'm different. Uh, You know, I'm an exception. I mean, have you ever tried to point out danger to someone Have you ever sat down with someone, with a friend you care about, a family member, maybe a neighbor, or maybe even just someone you're getting to know, and and you say something along these lines like, man, if you keep doing A, expect B. If you keep spending that much time on the internet, if you keep spending that way, if you keep pursuing him or her, if you keep drinking like that, if you keep staying out like that, if you don't start studying, if you don't read your Bible, if you don't start hanging out with this person, if you, st- if you keep hanging out with that person, have you ever sat down with somebody to try to help them, but they continue on, and there's danger lurking around the corner, and it's so clear, but not to them. But you know what? If it's so clear, I, w- I want to ask you guys, but are you willing? If it's so clear, are you willing to do that for people? If it's so clear, why don't we do it? To love someone enough to share what you found in God. That you were down a path that was leading you to danger. It was destructive. It was destroying your future that God had in store for you. But with God and the gospel and the message of Jesus and his redemption story, It puts our lives into perspective. It puts Jesus' mission into perspective that he has given to you and I. I would not be here if it wasn't for someone having that kind of gratitude for someone else sharing with them this message of saving themselves from this corrupt generation and turning to God. I just would not be here, guys. You know, I've pointed out danger to many, many people, many times. And unfortunately, guys, the response, the response is like, you know, I just, I just don't see it that way. You know, well, that's, that's, that's your opinion. You know, that's one opinion. And so these people, they keep going. They keep going on. And unfortunately, they realize that what they're doing, and, and then all of a sudden, sometimes it's too late. The prudent, they see danger and they take refuge. But the simple, the naive, 
They really don't see it, or maybe they don't want to see it, and they suffer for it. Okay, how's everyone doing with me? Okay, you guys okay? All right, I know, one scripture, right? This is just one scripture, guys. All right, this is how deep God's word is, right? This is awesome. But it's hard to live out. I'm going to bring this in for a landing now. And i got one more thing to say. I'm going to end with a story. But I want you to know this, guys, in every area of our life, whether it's relationships, marriage, dating, school, professional, um, you name it, there is a point where we can cross the line. We can get to a place where we have crossed the line. There's a, there's a point of no return. Now, let me make this clear, guys. This is not about salvation. This is not about God's forgiveness. God is willing and able to forgive us of a lot. Let me make sure that is clear. This is not about that. His arm is not too short to save us from any hole that we have made for ourselves. He can rescue us at any given moment, time, or day. But if we will still live with the consequences that we have dug for ourselves, a hole that we cannot get out of ourselves. We're not talking about divine punishment here. I'm talking about cause and effect. But there is a point where you've gone too far. And you'll recognize it and you'll go, man, uh uh-oh, I should have listened. Man, I was over here dozing off. I was over here thinking about dinner and lunch. Man, I I should have listened. I should have had my eyes wide open. There, There comes a point where you can't reverse the decisions you've made. You can't escape the consequences that are coming. For example, once you're addicted, maybe it's gambling, maybe it's pornography, Maybe it's binge watching. It's not the time to think about, man, you know what? Man, I just, I need to be a little bit more disciplined in my life. I need to, you know, be more self-control. You know, a guy gets a girl pregnant outside of marriage. It's not time to evaluate the relationship. It's not time to figure out whether we're going to make this work or not. Someone's maxed out a credit card or two or three. Or you're making purchases that you know you don't need. It's not time to download the Mint app. It's not time to to make a budget. There were warning signs along the way. And I know you know this up here, guys. I know you know it up here. Man, but unfortunately, guys, these are areas in our lives because we are so stubborn. We filter out the information that we don't want to hear. Man, we filter out the things we don't want to see. And we wake up one day and we've gone too far with it. And we suffer for it. You know, here's a picture of um, my wife and my kids here. We had such an incredible uh, marriage retreat weekend. Uh, Addie is, is, man, she is the water in my ocean, the love of my life, the ice to my cream, the straw to my berry. I mean, you guys feel me on that? Okay, this is... This is how much she means to me. Uh, to be loved by her, I'm so grateful that God has put her uh, in my life. Uh, we get to journey towards heaven together. And uh, we get to do life together. That she believes in me. She forgives me for a lot. Uh, she loves me unconditionally. And with all my junk, man, she still thinks I'm the man. And I'm almost believing that, man, I, I might just be the man. But, you know, years before I ever met Addie, while I was in college, I built a pure 
pure spiritual relationship with the sister who was part of our church in, uh, in Hawaii. And, you know, she really had to twist my arm to go visit her. You know, I was like, Hawaii? Like, All right, yeah, yeah, I'll go visit you. Um, and we dated long distance for quite some time throughout my college life. And throughout all those years, I befriended her, uh, her family, the all-important people in her life, and she did mine. And then she graduated, and she moved to L.A. to be closer, and we really got to have lots of fun with many friends. and many, uh, We made many memories together over the course of six years. Six years we spent, and, and after that, we, we both graduated, we had steady jobs, and, you know, it's time, I think, to, uh, you know, ante up a bit here and take it to the next level, and so I saved up for a wedding ring, and uh, I began asking those wise advisors in my life, the people that I appreciate would speak the truth and love to me, and they, you know, what they thought about the relationship, and the best way to sum it up, each person I asked had a reservation. You know, they had something to share about it. And, you know, I, 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 I was just thinking it through. But because they didn't say no, uh, I took it as a yes. And so, sure, they made some great points. Sure, they were saying some valid things. But I always had an excuse. I always had a reason for why they saw things the way they saw things, the way I saw things. And, you know, besides, you know, hey, we've been together for six years Okay, and, and what relationship doesn't have struggles or, or issues? It's going to work out. And so that December, while she was visiting her family, I flew over there as well. And I proposed to her. And not just any day, but in December and on my birthday. And once we got back to L.A. and everyone was just so encouraged, so happy for us, congratulating us, I got to talk with my advisors again. And they did the wise, what wise people do. They asked a lot of questions. And little by little, they were asking all these questions. And I then began to see what they saw. Certain things just weren't adding up. Certain things just weren't organic or natural or, or, or didn't fit right. But rather, I had stirred up some skeletons that were there in her heart and Neither her or I were ready to really deal with them. But now I have forced them open because I have crossed the line. We had to talk about it. And a few short weeks later, you know, she mustered up the courage to be true and to set me free and to tell me that she was no longer in love with me. And so she ended not only the engagement but the relationship as well. Man, did that hurt. It's one of the worst things I've ever felt in my life. I didn't want to believe that this was happening. I couldn't reverse my decisions to ignore what people were trying to help me to see as much as I wanted to. I couldn't escape the consequences of my actions. I couldn't begin to work on things now to avoid the consequences that could have been avoided. The the way that it happened, maybe not reverse her heart. She would have still not been in love with me. But at least the, the way it happened, that could have been avoided. But instead, I suffered for it. And what helped me heal with this chapter of my life is to use my mess as a message. Because you you might have thought, man, Will, I mean, that that seems kind of obvious. There are some red flags present right there. How could you have missed what, what was happening, what people were saying And yet while maybe my situation could have sounded so obvious to you, 
there's a path that each one of you are on here today where others can see it, a path that you are on leading towards somewhere that you're not intending to go, somewhere that you don't want to go, but I need to ask you and you need to wrestle with this. Are you willing to hear what you don't want to hear? Are you willing to see what you don't want to see? If you want to put into practice this principle here, I'll leave you with two practicals. To show that you're not simple, that you're not a naive person. One, take action. The course, that course of action will look differently for each one of us in this room. You might first need to admit that danger is around the corner. You're like, I don't see any danger. I don't feel like I'm in danger. Man, you better wake up. The Bible are not fairy tales and folklore. This is life. And so you might need, first need to, you know, admit and then take action. Some of that might, so for some of you, that might be, man, I got to end the relationship. For some of you, man, I got I to gotta quit this job. I got to get a new job. I got to get accountability about my personal integrity. You know, I got I to gotta have that hard conversation with someone. When the prudents see danger, they don't just pray about it. They don't just think about it. They don't reflect on it over and over again. They do something. Secondly, sacrifice. You're going to have to give up something. Sacrifice certain wants, desires, habits. It could be material. It could be in the form of relationship. Be willing to unfriend people on social media. It will cost you to be prudent. It will. But it won't, won't it cost you more not to be? So guys, look ahead. We see danger in our lives. Let's take action. Let's get off the dangerous path that we're on. Let's not keep going. Let's do something about it now. Before it's too late, and you guys, your futures will be blessed for it. Amen. Thank you, guys.